What's good? What's good? And happy new year. Welcome to another edition of Politrick here on the Got What You Need Network. Of course, I'm your host, Scott. Be sure to check out the other broadcasts on this great network. We got Ian Friends, Life and Love, the Black Male Podcast, as well as the Encourage and Inspire Podcast, as well as coming to um, our Roku network. We have um, Exposed TV, hosted by yours truly. But look, man, let's get into some politics, man. So, um, we recently had the second anniversary of January 6th. And of course, um, Ashley Babbitt, the young lady who tried to climb through the window and was shot and killed, her mother got arrested in um, Washington, D.C., it appeared that they were going to like lay flowers and like a bottle of wine or something, I guess at the place where she was killed and, and she was denied entry and, and was ultimately arrested. Um, I want to talk about that a little later. Definitely going to talk about Congressman George Santos from the third district of New York. It's a district that spans Queens and parts of Long Island. Um, like we, what we, what we thought we knew about dude is all a lie. So, um, he lied about being Jewish. He lied about where he went to school. He lied about where he worked. Um, he formerly had a job paying about 50, 55,000. Then all of a sudden he was, um, able to, um, give his own campaign hundreds of thousands of dollars that he donated personally. He's currently wanted in Brazil for, for check fraud, and I could go on. Um, also, um, what's probably still going on is we still don't have a Speaker of the House in the House of Representatives. Um, I, we know that the GOP want control, but now, um, as the time of this show, there were 13 attempts for Kevin McCarthy to become speaker, and he fell short all 13 times. It's been like 200 years since it's taken this long, and be clear, say what you want about um, former speaker Pelosi, she never lost a leadership vote nor did she ever put a vote up that she knew she, that she, that she didn't know that she would already win. Like, that, that, that's just how effective she was. People wanted to make her out to be a villain and, and all this crazy stuff. But what she, what she did in my lifetime was more effective than any speaker of the house, and that's Tip O'Neill and, and all those people that they be trying to throw up there and, and, and rewrite history as well. Um, times was way more amicable back when, when they're talking about people like that. Um, Pelosi um, was a speaker in a way more contentious time and, and just contentious to be contentious. It wasn't like there were policy difference. There was just she's on the left, I'm on the right, so I got to disagree with her or my constituents are going to um, vote me out of office. 
and that's and that's literally the time that we're in um in regards to politics but what i want to start to show off with is i want to talk about the supply chain trucking um the recent averted um rail strike and and I, and i bring these things up because we're in a dangerous time when it comes to the trucking industry. Um, I don't know if y'all remember that case in Colorado where um, the young man was like given, you know, like just astronomical time and, I, and then, you know, ultimately came in, I guess when the family of some of the victims spoke out and um, he was given a lesser um, sentence. But a lot of people talked about his inexperience and why he shouldn't have even been driving on a mountainous road like that in the first place with being that he was so new. And, you know, I don't want to relitigate that. But what I do want to talk about is I think that we didn't pay enough attention to the inexperience part of that young man's um, plight. And I say that because more times than ever, and I don't know where you guys live. I live in New Jersey, um, you know, back and forth between New York, sometimes even the Philly, kind of like um, halfway in between both cities. Um, in New Jersey, everybody know about the Turnpike, but we also have the Garden State Parkway. Now, most of, most of the parkway going north, um, is trucks are prohibited. I believe you can start, um, you can be a truck and be on the parkway. I believe it's like 129, maybe. I'm thinking that, um, but I'll tell you why I say that. So today I was driving there and I saw a truck pulled over by a state trooper because he had got on the parkway instead of the turnpike and he's going to be cited for all types of violations. But what was even more dangerous is if he hadn't been stopped where he was at, he would have ran into a, a overpass because his truck was too big to to get under it. That's, you know, part of the reason why, um, at like I said, at one, like I said, 129, going north is where trucks can get can um it where trucks are prohibited excuse me and then i believe 131 going south are where trucks are allowed back on um you know it's it's designed you know for trucks and buses and and all that kind of stuff whereas the parkway north isn't now my point being that i believe that this is not just random things that are going on. I believe that young men and young women are being rushed through their CDL training because there's such a strain on the supply line and they have to get people in these trucks, have to get them out on the road transporting their product, you know, whether it's, you know, throughout the state, across the country, regional, or what have you. And I think that, I, 
I don't want to say it's to a point of like them putting someone in a truck that failed. I'm just saying that I think that some of the things that they might have looked for and maybe dinged somebody for, they're looking the other way because, once again, they need people in those trucks transporting that product, getting it to stores and warehouses and distribution centers and things like that. That was the reason that um, the Biden administration stepped in during the Amtrak strike. And I keep trying to tell y'all is please pay attention to that because we have a company in Amtrak that's, you know, a bill, a multi-billion dollar company. They, they're making money. They're not losing money. And most of the engineers don't even have paid sick leave. And what they were given, I think, was like one day. I have, I got more PTO time than they do. And, and, and yo, be clear, I only been in my current job six months. And I got more than a week of PTO. And these guys, uh, yeah, they probably make more than me. Um, and and obviously do a job that affects more of the American public. And they can't even get sick time or paid time off even when it's to, for a scheduled doctor's appointment. Like, it's so much going on where it's almost like if they go to work, they are basically there at the peril of their relief. So if they show up to work for, let's say, an 18-hour shift, and then, like, you know, they were supposed to hand it off, let's say, in, like, Baltimore or something, and they get there, and whoever was supposed to take over is not there, they're they're basically asked to stay and, and, and continue the route. Like um, one one guy talked about like like working, you know, maybe like twenty straight hours, um, being given like a little break, and then working like another like eighteen or or, or something like that. Like, not only is that not fair, that, that's just dangerous, not only to those engineers, but to all those passengers, as well as people throughout the city that these trains go through, um, you know, rail, rail crossings, all types of stuff, man. Um, we, so please, please pay attention to... Um, what's going on in the rail and trucking industry, especially in regards to um, getting freight and getting product in and out of, you know, cities and to distribution centers and to supermarkets and and things like that. And watch um, these trucks out here, man. And I'm not saying it's like a bunch but it's more, I see more situations where, um, like I said, trucks are either on a street 
or a road that it is clearly says no trucks on a highway or a parkway that clearly you're not supposed to be on. Um, just um, just before I, I, I sat down to record here, I, I was um, driving and a truck was trying to make um, a, a right-hand turn that was too tight. And I guess there was a car parked illegally and they clipped the, um, the corner of that car. You know, and, 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 and these things like happen on the regular, like, and I've never been in a time in my life where I've seen like more situations where with, with truck drivers being just being reckless. And maybe some of them are veteran truck drivers, but I would attribute it more to new CDL holders who have been rushed through the process because of a need and that's dangerous i mean it's one thing when you know like i i went to um starbucks today when i was in the mall waiting on something waiting on an order to um to get finished being made right and as i'm sitting there i i just sat in the um shop and, and, and drank my drink or whatever and I just watched both girls just like basically on their phones, on their phones. And then when somebody walk in, it's like uh, almost like you're interrupting my, my phone time for me to like serve you. They didn't give the person attitude or anything like that. But the optics is just, is just crazy. But you think somebody's going to come in and be like, oh, I watched the tape. Y'all can't be leaning. Y'all can't do this or whatever. They just happy people are showing up these days. So um, they damn sure are not, not going to nitpick or whatever. But in an industry like that, you could get away with kind of being more lax. But in the, in, the, in the trucking industry, you know, you, you just have to watch that. And look, I'm making these assertions based on observations. Um, I'm gathering data as we speak, but I don't have any scientific evidence that says this is definitely what's going on, but my eyes don't lie. So, like I said, keep that in mind. Okay, let's talk about George Santos. So, let's just say, all right, let's just talk about this real quick. He's admitted that he lied about much of his personal history and his resume. Um... He said he was Jewish. Then he said, I didn't say I was Jewish. I, I said I was Jewish. I guess that's like, you know, I was kind of Jewish or I'm like down with the Jews or whatever. I, I don't know what that means and he has yet to explain that. He lied about where he went to school. He lied about where um, he used to work and um, we can go on. Um, the only reason that he even won the race was because New York, the New York congressional delegation decided that they would run away from bail reform instead of talking about it. Um, the New York Post did a great job of demonizing New York City and making it seem like it was the most dangerous city in the world, you know, all leading up to the... Um, election and then after the election was over even admitted that you know uh 
even with an uptick in certain crimes, New York and, and the areas around it is one of the safest places to live in America. But, you know, the damage had already been done. Now, going back to what I was saying about um, running from bail reform, and uh, me and um, the um, owner of, well, the president, the owner of um, Got What You Need, LaShawn, he, um, me and him talked about this on like one of the first or second episodes, and I was just talking about how you could have the right intentions, but, but it, some people still take advantage of it, or it's always going to be loopholes. It's nothing wrong with that, and it's nothing to, to be ashamed of or whatever, but once you see that um, criminals or alleged criminals that the law wasn't meant to benefit are it is benefiting, then you have to immediately make a change. But too many times in politics, all we're worried about is like the other side's talking points. So they're just scared that, oh, look, they were so, you know, anxious to do bail reform. And now look at them, you know, going back and, and redoing it. And I would be like, yes, yes, because it was designed to stop having turnstile jumpers sitting in Rikers Island for six months or somebody who allegedly stole a backpack and later found out that he didn't, who actually died in Rikers Island because he couldn't afford bail. It wasn't meant for people who committed aggravated assault or other um, heinous and violent crimes. But somehow, some way, you know, people like that have been getting out and a, as a result of the new bail reform law. So instead of um, Democrats talking about it and talking about how we got to tweak some things, but we stand by it or whatever, every time bail reform or crime is brought up, they want to talk about abortion and women's rights. And it's nothing wrong with either of those issues, or I guess they really kind of one and the same, but it's nothing wrong with that. But you can't run away for something that you pushed for. And it's nothing wrong with... All right, I'll give you an example. During um, Obama's time in office, I remember one of the main things that the right always wanted to talk about was when he said um, you could keep your own insurance and because I, I don't know how the insurance system works or whatever but when the Affordable Care Act was then made law some people were kicked off of whatever current insurance they had um, I know people personally who told me that they lost health insurance um, in regards to the new health care law. I didn't understand how that worked, but it did happen. And my my thing was, like, why at, at first were they running from that? I, I would be like, hey, you know, from what we from what we thought when we did our studies, when I said what I said, I thought it was true. 
obviously now we know people lost the insurance that it's not all the way true. That doesn't mean that giving people in this country who can't, who, who normally wouldn't be able to afford health care and either don't have it available through their employer or can't afford it through their employer to have a, a affordable option. And the fact that that would like the that was such a contentious issue just still baffles me, you know, to this day. But it now going back to like the bail reform, it's like you could have all of the right intentions with with something, and you could say something that you believe to be true at the time that you said it. And if later on it turns out that that wasn't the case, I don't understand why you can't go back and articulate that and it not be such like a hot button topic or a hot button issue. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, we we were trying to help low misdemeanor offenders not spend unnecessary time in jail because bail was made so high for such minor crimes. That being said, we didn't expect people who committed violent crimes to also be able to take advantage of our intentions. And we're working now to prevent that. Or work to put in a kicker that would say that something will go up you know, they're not, you know, when, when they go to, up to try to use the bail reform option, like something should flash on the screen that says they're not eligible. Like, to me, it's fixes for everything if people would just admit that some things need to be fixed. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, like, so because of all of that, you know, people like George Santos and other people, um, you know, in the um, Hudson Valley were able to, to win seats. You know, just based on um, people being scared. Lee Zeldin, uh, he tried, but he didn't win the governorship. But like he said, he helped some congressional, um, you know, uh, congressional candidates, there we go, get over the hump in left-leaning districts because they pull the, yo, the left too too easy on crime. They making, they making your life more dangerous. They making your neighborhood more dangerous. They making the state more dangerous. We need people that, got, that are going to make our streets um, safer, that's going to be tough on crime, that's going to um, repeal bail reform, yada, yada, yada. And because of that, frauds like George Santos and other fronters were able to win. But with Santos, like, he's lied so much that, um, and I want people to quote me on this, he won't make it till June. Nope. That's too That's too easy. He won't make it till Easter, and he will be forced to resign. 
you can't be wanted for a, a felony in another country and it's a country that we have extradition with and then and then be sitting in the house of Congress. That like that's just not how this works. Um you can't have fifty thousand one day and able to donate seven hundred thousand, you know, the next day and no real explanation on where the money came from. It like things like that you, you just can't you just can't avoid talking about and think they're going to go away because they won't. You just won't. So we'll see uh, what happens when it comes to Congressman Santos, but it's just crazy that um, he was, it's crazy that he was even elected. And, and it's crazy that he's been allowed to be seated when we know that his whole everything he said that he was about and he's done is a lie. Period. Oh man, um, Congressman Kevin McCarthy, you know, well was minority leader. I, I don't know what to call him now because, like, Congress is not in session. Um, you can't have. Congress in session until you have a speaker and the speaker be sworn in and the GOP can't decide on a speaker because Kevin McCarthy has such a, a low margin for error I think it's 222 so he can only afford four defections and right now he has about 20 or 21 people that are going against him um, I know a few of the la- a few of the later votes, some of those defectors came on his side, but it still wasn't enough to get him over the top. Um, I think the highest he's had so far is 212. He needs 218. And then most of the votes, minority leader um, was Hakeem Jeffrey, excuse me, um, ha- had gotten more votes than even McCarthy had. Um, defectors are being led by, um, you know, the Zell pimp, you know, the one that was paying for underage cat, um, um, Congressman Matt Gates, and then you have um, Lauren, um, Congresswoman Lauren Brobert, who won by like fifty votes, y'all, and is and and then is like one of the loudest people on TV, you know, uh, you know, make it grandstanding on the floor of Congress. It's just crazy how much nerve you have after you won by the hair of your chinny chin chin. But she out there running off at the mouth as well. Um, And it's just a mess. And to have 13 votes and still haven't gotten a speaker is embarrassing, but it should also be scary to the rest of the country because if they can't even decide on who will lead them or who can lead them, then how can they decide on what's best for this country? Listen, we are, at the time I'm recording this, we don't have a Speaker of the House because 
the GOP can't get out of their own way and decide who will lead them. You can have disagreements. You can have fights or whatever. But that's supposed to be done behind closed doors. Then you're supposed to come out, put on a united front, elect your speaker, elect the other you know, leaders, committee chairs or whatever, and get to work. But instead, they are basically holding up the country's business, putting staffers' pay at risk because they want to continue this clown show. So look, man, let's make sure we're paying attention to um, the supply line and not just, oh, um, is stuff missing? Like I heard somebody talking about how, how high eggs are and things like that or whatever, man. So we need to start paying attention to that. Also pay attention to the fact that wages have stopped going up and they plateaued again. And if y'all think that that's cool, fine. But how can everything else go up and wages stay the same? We, we shouldn't be agreeing to that. We also shouldn't be allowing liars and people that are wanted for felonies in other countries serving Congress. So you should be contacting your congressman to speak out against um, not only George Santos, but people who help uh, facilitate and participate in the January 6th resurrection based on um, the testimony being um, put out in the report that they're sitting in Congress. It's people, regular, everyday people who made a mistake way back when, who can't even get jobs. But then you have people who help with the old, with, with, with people trying to overthrow the country, and they actually have a say-so in what bills get presented and what laws are passed. And maybe by our next episode, we'll find out if we have a GOP speaker or will it be up to like the 50th vote or whatever. All right. But look, man, um, happy new year to everybody. It is great to be back. Um, Let's have a great, productive, positive and prosperous year, man. Everything you said you want to do, this the year to do it. Make it happen. You know, um, I know you're tired, man. I, I, you know, I know sometimes you, you, you want to rest or whatever, man. And, 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 and don't fall for this nonsense. People say, oh, well, you're not tired. You're uninspired. Nah, you might be tired. But sometimes you got to work through that fatigue and make it happen. You know? Um, yeah, I ain't going to give you a speech, man. Once, once again, great to be back. Um, we're going to talk about some different things next week. Um, but in the meantime, man, um, just Happy New Year again. Um, let's stay on this George Santos thing. Let's watch the supply line and let's watch what's going on in Congress. Um, I wanted to, like, lay off that orange dude for a minute, but I, could, I, I had a bunch of stuff I could have talked about with him um, this um, episode as well. But we'll say that for next episode. Don't forget Life and Love, the Black Male Podcast, Ian Friends, the Encourage and Inspire Podcast, as well as Exposed TV coming to our Roku 
channel. It's the Got What You Need Network. This is Politrick, hosted by yours truly, Sky, and I'm out. Peace.